Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. My name is John McGee, and I'm joined in the studio today by David Pinyol, and we're talking about the why and how to say no. David, welcome back, brother. Man, I feel like I'm getting really comfortable in this seat. <laughs> You're on a roll. Um, so we're talking today about how and why to say no. So we have a large staff. Lots of people I could have pulled in here. Um, you were the, there was no close second. You were the obvious choice. You want to talk about how this podcast it's, came to be? It's because I say no to you. All the time. And I, I'm second guessing whether or not I should have said no to this podcast. <laughs> well, it's not lost on me that we're having this podcast about how to say no but to get you to, to say yes, to finally to say something that I wanted to do, I had to get you to talk about how to say no, to say in, no. in order to get a yes, which is, I mean... Um, that, because that's I a, said no to you about recording other podcasts, right. and then you were like, you're getting good at saying no, maybe we should do a podcast about uh, that. You no. tricked me. Got, you hooked here we me are. with that one. So finally, yeah, I normally get a yes eventually. So it was really it was really great. So the story was, you know, multiple times I'd ask you to do things and you came back with these really great thoughtful replies, why not, you know. So um, you know, I might have shed an internal tear uh, a little bit, you know, but I, I enjoyed if the, if I could even say this watching you say no and was learning from that. And I thought but that's just a really great skill uh, as a leader and I think that's going to be really helpful to the our listeners here. How did that even come to be? Like how did you get so darn good at saying no? Well, I'll tell you there there are Two things, and thank you for the compliment. I've never, uh, I, I've never been complimented before. Like, man, you're so good, good at saying, saying no. no. Yeah. But uh, I am appreciative of it because uh, I hope it's a growing like tool in my toolkit because um, it has been super helpful. But I, I think it came about through two things. Number one, uh, early in ministry and probably through about the midway point, I literally had a recurring nightmare, and the nightmare went like this. Um, I would have a wolf, like a, like a ravenous wolf, grab one arm and start tugging me in one direction, and then another wolf from the wolf pack would come grab my other arm and pull me in the other direction. So I had teeth sunken into my arms trying to devour me and pull me in two different directions, and I was feeling torn in two, and then I would wake up in a cold sweat, freaked out, and this happened over and over again, and I don't claim to be a dream interpreter, um, but I think part of the origin of that dream was in ministry, uh, you can say yes to so many things yeah. that it feels like you're being pulled in too many directions, and ultimately, you are dying. Um, the the catchphrase in ministry right now is burnout. Yep. You can be trending towards burnout if you say yes too much and you allow yourself to get pulled in too many different directions. So I identified a problem. That was just step one was like, man, I, I think I'm saying yes to too many different things. And it's resulting in uh, nightmares that are kind of warning me and indicating something's not right. Interesting. I, that, this kind of this kind of got off to a pretty dark start here. That, I wasn't thinking about you know being torn to shreds. That by was wild real, animals. man. I'm I'm here. I'm on the therapist's couch right now, okay. letting you know how it yes, really is. That. But that's how it really was, man. And I I love God. I love people. Yeah. yeah. And I want to serve everyone I can. I want to proclaim the gospel every chance I can get. I want to seize every opportunity. But that got me into yeah. trouble. Yeah. Um, and then uh, secondly, what I would say is a couple years ago, um, Carrie Newhoff, who has a leadership podcast, yeah. 
And uh, I don't know. Are we allowed to talk you about? Just, you just other did. It's a good podcast. Church. Some, they've got some great uh, leadership <laughs> podcasts on the church. As of yet, we have not cornered the market on this entire um, okay. topic. So, so I just yes. get one mention. That's I can't it. repeat. I get it. I won't. It's a great. I won't mention any of the other church leadership podcasts. As 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 you see fit. But Kiri's Kiri's got a great podcast. He interviewed some really. Uh, interesting guest. Uh, I'm, limi- I'm limited to yours. Oh, thank you. I'm limited to just our, our uh, staff and I end up with you. No. <laughs> right. That's all you can. So, you, no, this is no, as no. good as it gets. I'm not going to say that. But so uh, Car- go ahead. Carrie, Carrie had this, this series um, where I, I think for his own kind of interest, he was asking every guest, how do you say no? Yeah, it's a great question. And what I found myself doing was pausing, rewinding, listening to that again. I actually made a playlist of podcasts that that had that mentioned so I could go back and listen to it again because I realized, all right, I'm getting torn apart by these wolves. I know I should be able to say no, but I struggled mightily. I did not know how. And so I was just like, I've got to educate myself and learn from others who have gone before me and figure out how to say no. So that's how this all started for me. I love it. Which I think, you know, especially those who are in pastoral ministry that are going to be listening to this, uh, this is going to be a common struggle. It it might not be as dark uh, as as yours. Uh, You know, the the dreams might not be as dark, but they can feel, you know, pretty uh, frantic, pretty spread thin. And the reason is because they love to help. Right, that, that's why they got into this, um, why they partnered with what God was doing around the world because they just enjoyed helping people. And so, when pe- when given the opportunity to help, the natural inclination is always, always to say yes. Right, that just was what feels right. And yet, uh, you and I have both seen uh, people who, uh, you know, I've I, I've got names, people who are exponentially more gifted uh, than me. They just can't seem to ever get on top of it all um, because they always are saying yes to everything in front of them. And they're highly available, but not always highly effective. And uh, so I think this is a really, really great topic. And I'm glad you know, you've kind of gone on your own learning journey and are ready to share with us. Yeah. And, and maybe uh, people aren't as dark as dreams about wolves. <laughs> maybe some are darker. Like, mm. uh, you know, we can't put it outside of the realm of possibility. Somebody listening to this they woke up this morning thinking this is their last day in ministry. Wow, wow. Um, and it's just possible that maybe it's because uh, they hadn't figured out why they need to say no and how to say no. And and prayerfully, uh, this will help them. Yeah. So whether or not you're much darker than than some recurring dreams or not there yet, I think this will be helpful. That's fantastic. Okay, so I've been on the um, receiving end of your no. Um, talk to me just kind of how you think about that. I know you've got your own... Um, yeah, you know, a little grid and guide about how you think about that. So uh, the the first thing that I do when when any opportunity comes my way, and typically somebody sends me an email and says, "Hey, what if we did this?" or mm-hmm. "Hey, can you do this?" or uh, it could even be a calendar invite, come to this meeting, and I don't even know what it is. Um, so I evaluate every opportunity against uh, my personal calling and the mission that I feel like God has me on. Um, so. Uh, I think about 1 Peter, when Peter is talking to church leaders. Uh, In chapter 5, verse 2, he says, Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. And then he goes on and says a whole lot more. Uh, But I have to define what is the flock or what is the work or the ministry Mm -hmm. that God has entrusted to me. And that's all he's called me to do. And if I take it upon myself to expand that scope and feel like I'm 
called to care for every flock. So let's just say I'm really good at speaking, um, which I'm not. I wouldn't say that's a gift, but let's say I am. And people start calling me from other local churches or around the state or even around the country. And I get these opportunities. I've got to decide, is that what God's called me to do is be an itinerant speaker? Mm -hmm. Or has he called me to care for this flock right here? Um, And I think a mistake a lot of ministers make is they just assume like, God's called me to care for everybody. Yeah. And um, I think in most cases, that's probably not true. So I'm constantly asking myself, does this opportunity advance the calling that God has on my life and the mission that God has for me? Uh, early, early on in my ministry years, I read Andy Stanley's book. He also has a leadership podcast. Um, but he, <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done it. I know you told me only one. I, I did say that. But I had to do it. That's a great you podcast. Can, you Andy can Stanley, edit that out if you I, want to. I can't remember the name of it, but if you if you Google Andy, it's, Andy Stanley, it's, it's Andy Stanley, he's got leadership some really podcast. good That's simple all it is. axioms. Just, That's where David steals all his it's stuff. Once a month. <laughs> but early on, he had a. Uh, I read a book called The Next Generation Leader. Um, yeah, I remember that book. Just this really simple phrase of only do what only you can do. So good. And when I was a young man, I thought that's impossible. Like there's huh. no way I'll ever get there. And I really just put that off to the side. And then I'd say in the last five years, I've I've discovered the wisdom of that anew of just going, man, I should only do what only I can do. What has God called me to do? What is on mission for me? And uh, what comes with that is the realization that every time I say yes to something, I'm saying no to something That's else. Right. That's right. And uh, that was really helpful for me to go, wow, I really want to say yes to this opportunity, but that means I'm going to have to say no to something else that's probably closer to the center of the bullseye of what God has called me to do. So that's the first thing I think about is, man, what's my calling and mission and how does this fit or not fit with that? And honestly, that was a big part of my no to you yeah. was uh, a couple of times nose, I was like... Pl- plural. Nose, pl- yes, plural. right, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> but as, <laughs> as you presented opportunities to me, I was like, man, I'm in a season where I really need to be hyper-focused yeah. on certain aspects of my leadership, and this is probably going to call me uh, to, to shift my focus in a way that won't be healthy towards my primary responsibilities right now now. Yeah. And so I said, no. Yeah. And, and we joke that you currently, this is going to change, but um, currently about half the staff reports to you. And so a lot there's, there's a lot of people that will, we're in the middle of some reorging uh, under you and that shouldn't be the case. But right now you're, you're a really busy guy. Yeah. And, you and were saying, seeing those yeah. reorgs kind of through to completion, yes. um, hopefully uh, I'll have some adjusted margin after that, but I'll right now by. I got to be focused on this. I'll stand by. Stand yeah, I think um, so. A couple of things. One, just a, a real killer is meetings. Hey, can you come in and sit? Especially if you're the one who adds value uh, to meetings, can you meet with you know with us? Can you step in here and those kinds of things? And as, as you get you know more and more responsibility or more people around you under you, uh, whatever your org chart looks like, you've got to get really really good at understanding. Um, do I need to be in this meeting? Would would I make it better? Well, maybe, but do I have to be uh, there? And this is that that axiom: only do what only you can do. And if there's other people that can do that, then you probably uh, should be better to better deploying your time, your energy, your talents, doing something else that only uh, you can do. And so that would be one. I think meetings. I remember telling someone. Uh, again, who was, I would, I would say more gifted, way more gifted than me. And just, we were comparing lives. And I said, you know, the only, I think the only difference between me and you is I know how to get out of meetings that I don't need to be in. 
and he was just kind of saying, it feels like, you know, you're at, you're at a better spot. And I said, I really think that's it. And I, when he laid out his calendar, it was just meeting after meeting after meeting. And I was like, I, I will bet you if you played a game of I'm going to cut the meetings that I go to in half, um, then your life gets exponentially better because you're doing the things that only you can do. And those tend to not always uh, be the things that energize you uh, as well. So that would be one. And I think too, uh, learning in real time, um, those interactions um, where there's going to be an immense time suck um, down there. So if someone says, hey, can I get together and pick your brain, right? Um, depending on the person, you'll get really good at this and going, that could end up being, a, you know, a meeting that goes on forever. And, uh, you know, and if we're in the hallway or it's a phone call, you know, uh, I might be interested in that or that might, that might work. Could you send me a couple bullet points about what it is that you're um, looking for? Then I can tell you if I'm the best person uh, for that. You know, if I don't know the person, because uh, I just don't want to get caught somewhere that I could go, ah, this is not a good, good use of my time. Now, here, here's my biggest fear about this. Uh, this topic is that people are going to use this to be selfish and at the extreme, right? They're going to say no, 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 and stay home and, you know, uh, play video games, scroll or go golfing uh, because they've cleared their calendar. So how do you make this not selfish? Well, I'll go back to two of the words that I said earlier, which were calling and mission. Yeah. And uh, if you're a follower, if this is the church leaders podcast, you're a <laughs> follower of Christ. OK, yeah. this is not an if, yeah. guys. And Jesus calls us to take up our cross daily and follow him. So this does not mean that I am being selfish. This means I'm being obedient. Yeah. Um, God has called me to lay down my life um, for his flock, you know, and to love and serve others and to give sacrificially of everything I have. What that doesn't mean is saying yes to every opportunity. Oh, I have to sacrifice for everything. No, I sacrifice for the right things that God has called me to. Um, so this isn't about my own comfort or my own good. kind of pleasure. Um, it's about like being obedient to what God has called me to and the mission he has put me on. So yeah, if you're like trying to clear your schedule so you can go play golf, that's not what this is about. It's so that you can work on the right things things. I love it. I love it. How do you think about like, involving others in, you know, um, figuring out what you should say yes to, what you shouldn't say yes to? Is that just, is this your just kind of arbitrary, this is what, uh, this is what I think in the moment? How do you think about that? Yep. So um, I think about my family. I think about my community group. Uh, I have been with the same uh, four other couples, well, four couples total, um, for 16 years, they know me really well, and they understand uh, my calling and where God has me positioned. So periodically, I'll review my calendar or opportunities with them and That's ask great. them to speak into it. Of course, my wife is speaking into it. And then uh, my coworkers, like people that I work with, uh, peers and and uh, people that report to me, and then also my boss, like I'll just say, hey, should I say yes to this? Should I say no to this? Here, I'm feeling a little bit spread thin. What should I focus on? I'm always evaluating, like constantly evaluating and getting people's advice. Um, and, and so, yeah, like plans fail for lack of counsel, Proverbs 15, 22. But with many advisors, they succeed, not just one advisor. Yeah. But man, I try to have a very diverse set of advisors kind of speaking into how I'm spending the hours that God's given me. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things you do really well, David, I've heard you say multiple times, is I, 
you know, in our context, the elders would be uh, the, kind of the leaders of our church. And, and you will ask, what's the priority of the elders? Or what would they want me to work on? And so you're not, I use the word arbitrary, you're not arbitrarily just making decisions. I've seen you over and over and over again, try to align where you're spending your time and energy with the priorities uh, of the elders. Is that, is that conscious? Because I see it all the time. That's definitely okay. conscious. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I just, I'm going, Hebrews 13, 17 is just in my Bible. Hmm. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they're accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for, be for your benefit. So like, I want, uh, when our elders hear my name, I want that to be a sound of joy to them because hmm. I've made their job easier. Um, because theirs is a thankless job. We are an elder-led church um, and we've just got a handful of guys uh, that are leading so much and so many people. And so uh, I think it's really essential for them to have guys like me and you that are going, hey, God's appointed you as our leaders. And so how can I be an extension of that? Um, and so, yeah, I want to make your job a joy. And what, what would you have me do? How can I serve? Um, so then I really align everything else around that. Yeah. And it would, you know, uh, whatever your church polity is, if it's elders or, you know, uh, pastors or whatever that is. And then also, I think you have your like immediate teams and other, you know, other bosses or people that you report mm -hmm. to in whatever capacity. What, what are your um, priorities right now? Right. Because if I'm working against those or just it's wasted sideways energy, uh, then that's not what I should be doing right now. I should I should align with uh, with their priorities. And so you need to be asking that. And if you are aligned right now, we're actually going through that as a staff. We're going to roll out four strategic initiatives and we're asking the staff to align for that. No, there, of course, there'll be other things that we will do. Of course, there will be. But the highest priority is going to be those four things. And so uh, we are probably going to have to say no uh, to some other things. You're going to have to say some no to some things that um, they might want to do or that they, um, you know, uh, would choose to do or, you know, candidly, or they might have to just simply put some stuff off for a season and, um, and they need to align with uh, those strategic priorities. So I think, you know, in terms of seeking counsel, I think asking friends, and then I think also is, uh, what is what is the priority of those that I serve under or with? Yeah, it's a little bit of diversion, but I, I just on that topic, uh, I am constantly trying to get inside Blake Holmes' head. Yeah. He's our lead pastor, yep. and we have two relatively new, at the time of this recording, teaching pastors. Yep. So we have a teaching team of two teaching pastors. And I'm supporting a communications team and a production team that uh, do a lot of, they have a lot of overlap with the, the teaching pastors and their work teaching on Sundays. I'm constantly trying to get inside their heads yeah. uh, to go, okay, how can I align all of our priorities and work according to kind of the, the direction that they're taking either through their teaching or through their leadership um, of our staff or of our body? So it's not only the elders, but also lead pastor and these teaching pastors. Uh, man, I, I'm constantly trying to figure out, well, man, what's in your head? Yeah. What's in your heart? Like, where where's the Lord leading you? And then how can I be a part of that with you? Yep. I've seen you do that over and over and over again, Dave. Okay. So can we take a turn and talk about some of the practical, mm -hmm. you know, nature of this? Like, how do you, how do you do that? How do you, uh, how do you keep telling me no with such grace? Yep. Uh, okay. Let me tell you two practical things. I'm going to get to the the uh, the how I keep telling you no with such grace. Uh, second, uh, but first, uh, one other thing I want to add about the how is uh, something I learned from Michael Hyatt, and he also has a podcast, but it's not for church leaders. Um, it's been a long time. I, I do you still listen to that. 
Uh, not not as much anymore. Okay, I, um, I'm sure it's great. But I've read some of his books. Yeah, um, and he has this book called Free to Focus. And there's a tool in that book that was the most helpful thing that came out of that. It's called uh, he calls it the Ideal Week. Now yeah. I have employed that tool, but I refuse to call it my Ideal Week because my Ideal Week is on the beach, <laughs> and it's <laughs> and so I I want to have integrity. I call it. Dave's average week. Average <laughs> but week. It's my average week at work. <laughs> and what I've done is I've just I've set up a, like an average work week yeah. of this is time for focused work. Good. This is time for meetings that are scheduled, like their weekly meetings. This is time where if somebody wants to have a meeting with me, I will allow those meetings to be scheduled. Uh that's flexible time. And then this is time I'm always going to be in my office and interrupt it, interruptible uh, for people that work on my teams. And so I put all that out and then I publish it and send it to anybody that needs to know of like, this is where David is going to be. So number one, I just established boundaries for my time. And, you know, a week like this week, actually, I just met with uh, my assistant this morning and we're like, this week is full. Like all your free time is taken up. You have focus work time. Do you want to bleed into that mm-hmm. with some of these requests or do you want to postpone it? And really only the elders and Blake get to eat up my focus time. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to spend my time working on the projects I need to be getting done during that time. Uh, but that is an incredibly helpful tool. So if you just search Michael Hyatt, ideal week, uh, that, that is gold. I love it. Um, and that's been really helpful to me and a lot of the other guys I work with. Yeah. You know, C.S. Lewis talks about, um, only lazy people are really busy. And what he goes on to say is that if you don't set, you know, kind of your priorities, if you don't have a sense of calling and you don't, um, decide ahead of time, what work is essential, other people are going to decide that for you. And so what you've done there is you've, you've said, this is what I think my essential work is. I've decided that other people could speak into it, but I'm not going to let uh, just a random email address decide what's essential. I've already, I've already decided that. And so, which takes rigor, it's hard work to do that, but now you're not a victim to your calendar. You're, you know, you have a sense of agency and control and now you go into your week with, you know, um, <laughs> some, some, you know, guidelines anyway, where other people aren't showing up on your calendar just randomly. And, and I, I love, you talked about focus. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, but I know, you know, Einstein says that if, uh, the kind of the secret to his quote unquote success was that he was willing to focus on something all the way through to completion. And so he, it wasn't that he was smarter, although I think he probably was than most people, uh, but he would just focus on something and he gave himself time and, um, and I think really just freedom to stay focused on the, the important things. Tell me just real quick what you mean by that, your focus time, what happens there um, before we keep going. Yeah. So um, I have just an ongoing list of kind of goals, uh, and or you could call them projects, but they're just like, hey, f- for me to be effective in what I'm doing, these are things I'm responsible for. That's good. Other things, maybe I'm managing people that are responsible things, but there's some things I'm responsible for. And so what I try to do is just prioritize that, and then I, se- I keep time for me to work on those things, and I protect it. I set it aside. Usually that's Monday morning, Wednesday morning, and Friday morning. I try to keep that morning time. That's when I find my mind 
is the freshest, most creative, and I can focus. And so some of those are ongoing bigger projects that I'm chipping away at, mm -hmm. and then some of them are time sensitive. So, for example, we have the Church Leaders Conference coming up. Yes, we do. And uh, there's a few things I'm doing for that. And I need to set aside time to prepare for a keynote message, to mm -hmm. prepare for a breakout, to prepare slides for that breakout, um, to prepare uh, creative and fun things to do in, in a game, something like that. So that's what I would be doing in that focus time is that's a time-sensitive kind of project that I just need to focus and work on. Yeah, that's um, good. So that's what I'll do in that time. Okay, what other just kind of practical tips? About okay, so how, here, here's how the that. other one. That, that's one tool. It's just kind of like, all right, I've got my boundary set. Now, you ask me, and I want to say no. Uh, I just have, uh, we use Outlook for our yep. email, and Outlook has this great thing where when you hit reply to an email, there's a, on the far right is the way mine's set up, it says templates. And I have a couple templates written for things I get asked about frequently. And one of my templates templates is a no template. And all I do is click that, it fills in the email, and then I just change a few details and send it back. Now, you got a custom email. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, but uh, the principles in this yeah. no template apply. But if you email me and ask me to do something, you may hear something like this. <laughs> Thanks for reaching out. I'm honored that you thought of me for this opportunity. Like you, the amount of things I can commit to is limited. In light of everything I've already committed to, I will not be able to say yes to your request at this time. However, this may be a great opportunity for you to partner with fill-in-the-blank. Would you like me to connect you with fill-in-the-blank so you can inquire about their availability? Thanks again for thinking of me. So what I'm trying to do is be kind. I am honored that they thought of yeah, me. Yeah. Um, and so I want to express my gratitude uh, about that. I also want to want to hold them accountable. And when I say like you, the amount of things I can commit to is limited because sometimes people can be salty with you when you say no. And I just want to say, hey, look, mm -hmm. I'm just like you and we're limited in what we can do, and I'm limited, and I've made commitments. I've committed to focus work here. I've committed to meetings here. I've committed to these other people here. I, I just can't do this. Um, and But I want to help you yeah. because I think, you know, your heart's in the right place. You want to accomplish something. And so what about this other person? Maybe they can help. And yeah. so I try to offer something to help and then thank them again, and I'm done. So, like, that is uh, the kind of... Uh, combination of all the things I went back and re-listened to in Carrie Newhoff's podcast, I and it. I created that no template for me. Um, and so we can put that in the show notes, can't I'll we? Love, absolutely, we all can. Right. Absolutely. I love that. Um, you know, one of the, uh, something I would add to that is this might not be a good time. And so right now we talked about your church leaders conference is coming up. We've had it. I've had an inordinate amount of travel. This is um, not normal. Uh, for me. And I found myself saying, you know, if this is urgent, if it, we need to get to this right now, I just can't. It just doesn't fit. Uh, but if you can wait, uh, I'll have some margin here in about 45 days, you know, and these are, these aren't frivolous asks. These are things that are important and I'm genuinely honored to, uh, to be a part of or to review or to speak into would love. It. I just can't find the time uh, right now. Uh, or it wouldn't be, honestly, it wouldn't be the best use of my time, probably better said. And so I've just, <laughs> I went through my inbox, uh, last week and had several of those. This will be really fun this summer. I can't right now. And I just boom, 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 boom. And everybody, they're all the responses back. Thank you so much. Um, and most of them were, no, if you, 
you know, if you could look at this in 45 days, that would be so fantastic. Thank you. And they really appreciated um, the, just the response there. So it may be some seasonality uh, to your nose and you can batch, you know, certain things, certain types of, of yeses um, together. Always look if you, uh, for patterns, if you keep getting asked to speak into or meet with a certain kind of person, um, you know, you could say, I've never done, well, I've done some version of this, but you know, this is a topic that keeps coming up. Uh, would it be okay if I waited until about three or four people wanted to talk about that? I've got your name and we'll all get together. And so you can have one meeting instead of, you know, mm -hmm. all these, these one-offs. So just, just thinking kind of creatively, um, about, well, not not so much even creatively, but just just being on uh, on guard and uh, having some intentionality about your calendar, not letting it just happen to you. Let me ask you this: um, So you're kind of this keyboard warrior. So right, I, if I if I hit you and I'm not looking you in the eye, you're you're really good at saying no. What about when someone's standing in front of you? Hey, hey, David, can we get together next week? Uh, I'd love to run some things by you. How do you, how do you handle that in in person? Would you email me about that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I joke, but like a lot of times I do. Number one, because when we're face to face, I'm not looking at my calendar yeah. and I kind of don't know what my margin is for whatever they're asking. So I would say, hey, would you email me that to me so I can have a chance to kind of look at what's ahead and see if I can do that. Um, and, and then I can just give my keyboard, keyboard warrior response. Uh, but I know I have to, like, if it's somebody I work with like you, I know I have to face you. So I want my response to be um, appropriate. And then I also, like, next time I see you, be like, man, I'm so sorry I had to say no to that. Um, how, how else can I help? You know, and I try to make sure the person knows I'm for you. I'm for what you're trying to do. Um, and is there anything else I can give you uh, to help out? Yeah. Um, but man, I, you know, you, you kind of hit hit on a point of uh, you're you're trying to to demonstrate, I think, how hard this is. Yeah. You know, because yes, I'm having wolf nightmares, so I'm motivated. Um, okay, I've got some good tools. I've got the average week. I've got uh, no template ready. It's still not easy, especially when you're face to face, uh, because I think naturally. Um, when you're face to face with someone made in God's image, uh, the temptation is to make them God yeah. and to want to please them. Um, and, you know, I think of uh, the, the scripture from Colossians 3, uh, 23 and 24. It says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. Hmm. Remember, it's hmm. the Lord so, that so will good. give you an inheritance as your reward. Um, the master you're serving is Christ. And I think s so often we let another person be our master. Yeah. And uh, it's that trap of people pleasing um, that we can so easily fall into. And I think that makes saying no so hard. I also think just the fear of missing an opportunity. Yeah. Like if I say no to this, will they ever ask me to do something again? And maybe I'll become irrelevant. Yes. Um, and I don't think that is from the Lord. And then I also think it's just hard if, you know, I said I evaluate every opportunity against my calling and mission. And I think if people have lack of clarity on their calling or even their expectations, like they haven't asked their boss or their elders or their senior pastor, whoever it is, like, what do you think I should be working mm -hmm, on? Mm -hmm. What are, what do you think my top three priorities should be? And they're not having those questions with their boss on a regular basis to make sure they're on the right track. Then you're just going to say yes to anything because you think anybody asks you to do anything, that's the top priority. Yeah. Um, so I think this is hard for a lot of reasons. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're tempted to please people. 
make them God in your life. Uh, you're, you're afraid of missing opportunities and you don't have clarity or calling. So and good. so those are all things though that can be addressed. Yes, they can't. That's exactly right. And that, I think um, this is a skill like any other skill that you can practice. Um, and if you're intentional about it, you will find your way to say no. And so, you know, your email is effectively the old, you know, tried and true sandwich method. Thank you so much. Here's, I'm going to deliver some somewhat bad news, but again, thank you uh, again. And you can do that in real time. You can look someone genuinely say, thank you so much for thinking of me. Uh, either I'm not sure I can, or I'm not sure I'm your guy. Um, how, you know, let me know if I could help. But again, I, just the fact that you would think about me is, uh, really means a lot, you know? So those would be the kinds of things. Some things you can, uh, if someone said, you know, can we get together? I'll go, I've, I've got like, you know, kind of 10 minutes right now. Could we, could we talk now? And if we need to schedule some more time later, we can't, that works for me. Sometimes uh, we don't need a, a one hour meeting. And I would say another one would be don't put one hour meetings on the calendar unless you, you know, it has to go that long. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can leave a little bit of a buffer uh, after the fact, say, okay, let's meet for 30 and you might go in my back of my mind, this might go to 45. It might go to an hour, but I'm going to tell you 30 minutes and let's see if we can have some rigor, um, to, you know, problem solving. You, you still have time to make a personal connection with people. They're not, they're not parts and machines, you know, you yeah. can still connect. But a lot of times if you put, um, an hour on the calendar, your meeting will go an hour. And if you put it 30 Every minutes, time. yeah, right. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, work expands to fill the time, uh, right? And so that that is a, it's just a law. Um, well, you're making me think of a lot of little hacks that I hadn't thought of coming in here. But like today, I just had a, I had a, earlier today, I had a 15 minute meeting because the thing they wanted to talk about, I was like, we can talk about that in 15 yes. minutes. Let's put it on the calendar. And then also um, meetings that you know expand, um, I put hard stops on the back end of them. Yeah. And I schedule something else. Even if I schedule, like, I'm going to schedule a check-in with my assistant, which just means, oh, hey, I got to go meet with Selena. And then I will just leave that meeting and go up and talk to her for five minutes. Yeah. And it's my out, you yeah. know? But you you can build in hard stops. Yeah. Um, and I, I do that often because otherwise things will just expand and take over your whole day. Yeah. And so sometimes we will schedule just stand-ups. Like literally you're going to walk in we need to touch base on something. Everybody stay on their feet. And I'm honestly, I'm probably the worst offender because I'm going to ask about their weekend or tell a joke or tell a story. And next thing we know, you know, that we've blown through that time, but if everyone stays on their feet and we touch base on the thing, then the next time there's actually margin to connect relationally and things like that. So this is not, again, this is not selfish. <laughs> this is not seeing people as, uh, as problems or hassles. If you're too busy to ever sit down with those that you work with and ask how they're doing, pray with them, pray for them, connect emotionally. And, um, then you're, you're too busy and something else needs to go off, but you don't have to every single time you sit down, um, have, have space for that. One other thing for me, Dave is involving my wife, Pam, uh, in this, you know, you talked, you talked about, you know, family and Pam has a really innate sense of looking out at the calendar. I'm talking about, you know, months out, I've got this opportunity and her, and her going, I don't think that's wise. I don't think that's wise because this is this and this and this and the emotional expenditure of this or when the flights would happen or whatever. Um, that's not good for me. And honestly, the first several years of our, our marriage, I bucked against that all the time. It, and it was big things and small things. It just, I, I did, I never wanted to not say yes to something. And I've learned to say, I've learned to just almost give her the trump card and say, you, you call. Now she doesn't, she doesn't use it very often. She's, she gave her whole weekend, um, to something that I was, you know, involved with. We, 
went out of town to, to talk about some ministry stuff that we were doing. That was, it was Friday through Sunday, came in hot and started our week. So she's not, she's not selfish with her time, but she does see our family and all the nuances better than I do. And I've learned to trust her. And at the time I hate to say no. And every single time when that little block rolls around, I remember we, we had a chance to do this or be here. I'm always just so grateful. I say, I, I remember this weekend and you said this was a bad idea and you were right. And, um, and so trust, trust your spouse, um, and trust your friends, uh, those who, those who know you most. So really good stuff, brother. Any, uh, any other kind of parting thoughts? You know, I, I mean, I don't have, uh, a big summary statement prepared. Uh, I wish I just keep thinking about more and more of like the little detailed things like how, uh, here's what I was thinking about and it was off the, su- the subject, but the, one of the hardest knows is the, Hey, you got two minutes, uh-huh. you got five minutes, um, where, you know, let's say I am, uh, preparing for this that I'm going to walk over and do with you in 30 minutes. And someone knocks on my door and says, Hey, you got two minutes. And I'm like, well, I have two minutes, but I don't have 15. Um, and that is really hard. Now, if that two minutes is, uh, Hey, I just found out there's a diagnosis or, you know, then I'm going to give you two hours and I'm going to cancel this podcast. Like you were saying earlier, uh, this is not saying no does not mean your life is rigid and has no flexibility and uh, no ability to care for people. Uh, To the contrary, like there should always be flexibility for expansions and contractions um, in order to do the highest priority, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mm-hmm. mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, but this is a framework and a structure. Saying no allows you to do that uh, in the specific way God has called you to on your mission. Um, so, uh, you know, I do want to figure out a way. I don't have a template for the two-minute, five-minute deal uh, when I really should be saying no. Uh, but that's that's maybe another podcast episode to figure out, hey, how do you do that? Because yeah. I haven't got that one figured out yet. Well, that's part of the fun is just to figure out you know, yep. your own leadership of self and try things, whatever didn't work, um, try something else the next time. So, well, brother, it's been a really good conversation. Uh, again, This the only reason we're talking about this uh, is so that you can fulfill your ministry, your mission. And I thought about when you were talking just a second ago, you know, second Timothy uh, four or five, when in the ESV, Paul's admonition to Timothy is to fulfill his ministry. Mm-hmm. And there's some things that uniquely you're good at and you should do that. And uh, if saying yes to everything is keeping you from that, you need to learn how to say no and see it as not, uh, not selfish. And you've done that really, really well. Go ahead. And I do have great news for the listeners here is this, um, you know, when I was having wolf nightmares, I was working in our student ministry, specifically. See, I wonder if that's the junior high kids. No, it that, wasn't. That, that, when you it say, wasn't. You say it's a demand. It was I wonder leaders, if it's junior high it was, kids. It was a whole bunch of things. <laughs> um, but but I was overseeing sixth through eighth grade. And then uh, I got my role expanded where I was overseeing sixth through twelfth. So all of our students. Then uh, we added Watermark Kids. So now I'm overseeing birth through college. We added college. And then... Uh, on top of that, we added the communications team and the production team and the worship team. And the good news is this. Um, I started working on saying no back when I was just doing students, before kids was added, before college was added. And uh, since I started working on this, I've been able to add all these things. And uh, honest to goodness, I can't remember the last time I had that nightmare. Hmm. Like I have not had wolf nightmares since I've learned how to say no. So... If something is tearing you apart and you feel like you're about to die, 
maybe learning how to say no is the answer. Yeah. Well, and isn't it ironic that the more you say no, the more responsibility you've been given here. Like you, That's what happened. You know, if this was a corporation, you are climbing the corporate ladder. By uh, saying no. By saying no. <laughs> by getting out of stuff. It's addition by subtraction. Yes. And so, yes, sometimes good is the enemy of great. And, um, and so, brother, thanks for modeling this. Thanks for... Uh, the ways that you have served our church and focused in on the things that uh, only you can do. And uh, this place is much better uh, because you live out everything we just talked about. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. I'll see you on the podcast in 2023. <laughs> so uh, if you have any questions or comments for David, uh, if you need a podcast re- recommendation, you can reach out uh, to him. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or anything else you would like us to talk about in the future, we can be reached at clp at watermark.org. That's clp at watermark.org. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next time.